A decade ago, Volvo was flat on its back, but today sales are soaring thanks to an impressive lineup of all new vehicles. On this week's show, the president and CEO of Volvo USA talks about how they'll keep the momentum going. Underwriting for the production of Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, if you go back about a decade ago, there was a number of us in the auto industry who wondered if Volvo cars would even survive. Today, it's a totally different story. It is roaring back with one of the most impressive comebacks we've seen in the automotive industry. That's why we're talking about Volvo today, especially because our special guest is Anders Gustafsson. The CEO of Volvo Cars USA and Anders, terrific to have you on the show with us today. Thank you. Also joining us are Stephanie Brinley with IHS Market and Chris Pockert with Roadshow by CNET. And always good to have the both of you here, too. Thank you. Great to be back. Anders, let's talk about this comeback. Uh, it's continuing uh, this year as well. You're up for the year, almost 30 percent, I think 27 percent to be mm -hmm. precise. Can you keep this kind of growth going? And if so, what's it going to take to do it? I would say growth is always good in this industry, but I'm more into the profitability for us and for our retailers. We're going to have a great year. Uh, everything in this is kind of a game is to have the right products at the right time. And right now we have 80 percent of our sales is related to SUVs. And we have a very, very strong portfolio there. And really yesterday, we had, had our first drive away with our retailers from our new plant in Charleston with the new S60. So I would say uh, we don't have so many excuses, really. Uh, this year is going to be great. Next year is also going to be good. Not as big numbers as we are delivering right now, because that's the tough thing when you go get closer to the to last year and so on. But uh, a good year next year also going to be a good year. Uh, I love you talking profits. What's going to be the key to that? Keeping the lid on incentives? Yeah, you know, my background is uh, I'm supposed to be good at residuals, uh, and, and I have a kind of a disease of going into some segments that I don't really appreciate. Um, this is uh, our lease market, uh, where I come from, Europe, because I'm Swedish. It's a little bit different. It's a fleet market. Uh, it's some similarities, and that is the residual values. So to deliver a profit in this beautiful market, it's to take care of the residuals. It's good for the consumers, it's good for our brand, and it's good for profit. Are you looking at a, a lot of cost headwinds for next year? Yeah, cost, probably you're going to ask me more questions about that, more specific probably. Uh, I would say we are very cautious in the company. Um, that is the Swedish culture. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't overspend, we stop doing things like car shows and so on and so on. We always need to work with cost. This is a very, very competitive industry. And we see some clouds. Uh, you never know if it's going to rain, uh, but you need to prepare. Right. You were one of the first automakers to really commit wholeheartedly to electrification. 
um, that is a significant cost. Um, how will you manage that going forward? Um, we've seen that there's a lot of new models coming out from all sorts of different manufacturers, but um, interest uh, in those, especially pure electrified vehicles, has been relatively limited in the U.S. so far. You know, this industry is uh, moving fast sometimes, and sometimes it's just kind of a PR and rumors and so on. I would say we need electrification, so, so it's going to happen. And we have decided, uh, and I think that is the most important thing in a company. You cannot just walk around and talk. You need to take a decision. And we are very, very strong in our beliefs of our electrification strategy. Then it's a lot of questions, you know, charging capabilities and the consumers need to understand it. And I think that's the reason why this is fun. Uh, and we have a couple of years to practice. Uh, it's really 2025. And electrification for us is not just, you know, full BEVs. It's a lot of solutions that we can implement very early to educate and introduce a new technology to our customers. Anders, do you think you're going to have to advertise and market electrics differently to get the public really to warm up to buying or leasing them? You know, I run a, a, a great company, 0.6% uh, market share. Uh, we can never scream enough with the uh, marketing budgets or so on. We need to do it in a different way. So we will do it our way. Uh, but once for all, we need to have a good story. And the story needs to have a red thread, and we need to deliver in line with that story. Then our loyal customers will support us, and we will find new ones with our product portfolio and our different design. And hopefully you like the interior of our cars. It's a little bit different. So it's not just one answer. You need to be good at a lot of things to have a success in this industry. So you mentioned perhaps in, in, in looking at cost and pulling out of auto shows and looking at things differently. So and what are some, some examples of, of different marketing approaches and, and, and to get to these loyal customers that you want? You do have a very special story and a yeah. special product. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a big budget to market it well. No. Um, what, what are some of the interesting things coming on, on board for communicating? Really, you, you sound like my boss, Mr. Salmerson. <laughs> so, uh, now, we, we have decided that next year we should be very, very cautious. Uh, we have decided to, to work with our story, story, story doing, I would say. Okay. Uh, and we have a great story. Uh, and I would say sometimes we are a little bit too humble for, this, for the U.S. market. You should, should scream and be loud. Uh, we will do it our way. Uh, we started a couple of weeks ago with our, our sustainability campaign. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, the S60 will be launched in a very, very different way. Uh, you're going to see that in, in two weeks. Uh, and also, we have a great success with a program that we call Care by Volvo. Mm -hmm. It's a subscription-based uh, program. It's the wrong word, really. It's not a pilot, either. Uh, it's yeah. live. Uh, and there's a lot of interest around it. And Care by Volvo helps us to reduce marketing funds because we receive a lot of questions from consumers and from journalists all over the world. Okay, here's another question from a journalist then on Care by Volvo. How's it going? Yeah. We just saw Cadillac announce that it's pulling out, or postponing at least, yeah. its subscription service. Mm. Subscription service, of course, for the audience not familiar with it, is where uh, you subscribe to a car, just like uh, a phone subscription. I'm just curious, how's it going? And especially from managing the inventory. Yeah, I would say we've been working with this subscription idea 
a long, 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 long time. And my background, uh, I was CEO of Hertz uh, for 13 years, 10 years really, and then I was the chairman. And I learned a lot from that kind of a rental business. And it's really related to the first question that was residual values. Mm -hmm. You need to have a very, very solid structure around. You should handle the car for, I would say, seven years. And that's really where everything started. But really, to go to why we did this and why it's so important for us, is related to electrification. Electrification is tough because the residual values are not in line with what we need and the products are very expensive. So you need to have a good residual value. But back to the success of Kerba Volvo, uh, we took a decision to launch Kerba Volvo related to XC40. Uh, and XC40 has been a, a huge success. Uh, I don't like to use the word sold out because that's not always, not always good, especially not in the U.S. when you like to have the car a la minute. Uh, but we, it, it is really a success. And um, so right now we, we had a target together with our partners, our retailers, that we should 10% to 13% of our volume should be rate, related to Kerba Volvo. And we reached that number after three or four months. With the XC40? Yes, a little bit too early, uh, I would say. Uh, that was not in our plans. Uh, and now when we launched Kerba Volvo with S60, with our own plant in Charleston, uh, we don't have production capacity problems. We have more opportunities. So let's see. But it's around 2,000 cars. Uh, we have... Um, Right now, if you try to buy XC40 on Kerba Volvo, the de delivery date is really 2019. Oh, wow. So the customers, they don't want to wait. And I, I am not happy about it, but that's sometimes when you have a success, those things happen. Is that market-to-market -market driven? Um, we have heard, um, as an outlet, there's a ton of people interested in Kerba Volvo. We get more questions about your subscription program from our readers than anybody else. Yeah. Um, but we've also heard from a number of readers that are that have either signed on for the program uh, or are interested in the program that uh, the, their ability to sign on to it has varied state to state. Um, and you guys were far more ambitious in rolling it out nationwide um, than a lot of these other pilot programs in individual markets. What have you learned and, and where are you at with the nationwide rollout of this program? <laughs> Probably, I probably lost and gained some weight too. Uh, it has been very, very troublesome to, to launch this based on, on uh, rules of, of legislations about insurance structure and so on. We have learned a lot. You know, this is not a country, this is a continent. Uh, and you have different rules in different states. That's a learning for us. We took the bold decision to go for a national launch because exactly the question that you asked me a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. how can we stick out? How can we market this brand, this company in a different way? If you run a 0.6 market share company, you, can, you need to scream more or be more effective in your marketing. Therefore, we took that decision. We have learned, uh, and I would say all our suppliers, uh, insurance companies and so on, they have also learned. And our conclusion is that now we are ready to take the next step we can handle the volume. Because we couldn't handle the volume the first month. We were totally sold out, and we didn't have the back office structure to handle the volume. Could be that we are humble, could be it was, uh, you know, we were a believer in our own strategy, but we could never believe that we'd be sold out in such a short period. Does the next step include turning those cars 
that are coming back mm -hmm. into used cars that also go out on a subscription service. That's the whole idea. Now, I, I really, we talked about residual values a few minutes ago, and I, I would say if you launch a new car in that segment, uh, it's so easy to be, you know, I would like to sell it as a used car because you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, now this is a, a, a new thing. We need to start up this. Sometimes I use the, the word, this is the happy meal for Volvo. You know, we need an int introduction. We need to attract new customers, new groups, new segments, and that is going to help us to grow. So let's see. The whole idea is to go for a used car subscription. That's the whole idea we care about Volvo. Subscription is really loyalty, both from the customer side, but also the car should survive its own residual value and annuity calculations. And that is our dream. Uh, so let's see, the first cars will come back in five, four, yeah, five months. Uh, I'm quite, quite sure that our partners, they will scream to get the cars back, but I, I really would like to push for going out for a cab of Volvo used cars. And, and a follow-up on that. If I caught what you were saying from an earlier statement, you hope to be able to keep these cars in the system for up to seven years? That's the dream, really. Uh, this is not a, a kind of a financial discussion, but if you, if you should prepare for electrification, you need to have a good residual value structure for seven years uh, because you need to reach two customers or two and a half customer group to get a good financial calculation. Is that going to be the key for Volvo to be able to make a profit on electric cars then? I would say you can always, in, in the beginning when you launch a brand new car and everyone is screaming for the car, of course you're going to, to, to make a, a good profit. But uh, to have a sustainable profitability around electrification, first of all, you need to build very, very attractive and safe cars. But also you need to have a structure after the fabulous three, four years when the car is getting a little bit older. And I think that is good for us. It's good for the, the environment. It's good to learn and educate, I would like to say, our consumers that electrification is not scary. You know, they, you're not going to you stop at the highway or whatever. We will find solutions. We will learn. I mean, I'd like to point out, too, we mentioned Cadillac that is postponing. That subscription program, what I understand, is quite different from Volvo. And that may be important for viewers, too, to understand yeah. what the Volvo, care, the care by Volvo, is a two-year subscription. And at a year, you have the opportunity to sure. move into a different car. So what, what aspect of that do you think is that your, your consumers are finding most attractive? Is it the, the one price? Is it the idea that they know that they have an opportunity to swap up into something new in two years? Mm -hmm. Or in a year, excuse me. Uh, if I give some facts about the, the, the consumers that we have attracted. So first of all, uh, over uh, the number change, of course, but I think it's over 50% of the consumers or customers that bought the car or subscribed to the car from their phone. Mm. Uh, that was not in our plan, I promise <laughs> you. Uh, even if it's the best PR thing, either, but that was not in our plan. Uh, and then also, it's, it's young customers. They're about 10 years younger than the average Volvo customer. Then you can say, yeah, it's X40, it's a different segment. You can just take a look at the, the colors of the car, the combination of the car. It attracts uh, a lot of consumer groups or segments. Um, the, the 24 months, um, I'm proud of that because it's so easy to go into the rental game. And I have done that a lot of years. <laughs> so we don't want to go into the rental industry again. That is a different uh, segment, a different 
idea. They utilize uh, that the car industry is building a little bit too many cars, mm -hmm. and I want, don't want to go into that game again. So the 24 to 12, I think that now in the beginning, some customers, they will change cars after 12 months. But I also really believe that some of them will stay because this is a new way for them. They know the monthly cost, they don't know that everything includes, and so on. From our side, we have learned that based on that, and there we have the difference between the setup, that we have the same monthly cost, whatever gender or where you live or whatever, it's the same. And of course, we have some areas in this beautiful country that it costs a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, and there you come into the kind of uh, the future structure of our care by Volvo offer. We have decided that we know that our cars, they are safe. We know that our standard, standard safety features like city safety and so on will help our customers to get to be better drivers. So our relationship with our insurance provider, of course, they monitor this. Mm -hmm. So I really hope, and that would be the greatest campaign ever, that if you have enjoyed uh, Akeba Volvo for 12 or 24 months, then we have helped that consumer to get a better rating from the insurance companies mm -hmm. so they can stay on. Yeah, But I don't know. Uh, and that's the funny part with this. I'm so sorry. We don't know. <laughs> uh, the only thing we know that is very attractive, uh, we will not stop. This is not a pilot. We just have one state that we wait for, that is New York. Uh, all other states, it's a kind of a, we have the structure, we can deliver cars as soon as possible. I wanted to shift gears a little bit uh, and talk about Polestar, um, and in particular, how the Volvo brand will relate to Polestar as time goes on. You spun off Polestar, it now has its first uh, international dealership at any rate. It's got the one six-figure model that's coming out. But the plan is to move down market with electrification. And at the same time, Volvo is commanding higher and higher price points. They're moving toward electrification. How do you have these two brands uh, coexist um, and keep their marketing messages clear? It's mm -hmm. so a lot of questions in one question. So, yeah. so do we have an hour? But uh, uh, first of all, Polestar is a, is a separate company. And it's a reason why it's a separate company. It is a separate company so we can speed up our electrification development and that we can attract engineers and they can work in smaller groups and, and so we can go to market much, much faster. That is one answer. Uh, all the development that we do together with Polestar around our electrification strategy will be used in all our, you know, the Volvo products in the world, and maybe Geely products too, because scale is so important when we talk about electrification. So Polestar is one story. Price point-wise and so on, ah, I'm not so nervous. It's uh, Size-wise, yes, it's similarities, but Polestar is performance. Uh, I will say we are more dynamic and we are more, uh, we have a more safety approach, and the DNA around Volvo, we will absolutely not change. The first Polestar is a little bit different. It's to do exactly what yeah. you said in the beginning, uh, to get the focus into this, this brand. Uh, and then uh, they are going to launch a lot of new models to come in five to 10 years. But I'm not so afraid of the price point uh, discussion. That's not a thing I'm, I'm nervous about, I would say. Anders, you're the head of Volvo Cars USA. Mm -hmm. How's your retail footprint look to you? Uh, do you need to tweak it? Do you need to grow it? 
And I'm also curious because as Volvo moves more upscale, are you in danger of losing uh, customers, leaving customers, the longtime Volvo buyers behind? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, first of all, take the network. We have around 290 retailers. They have been waiting 15 years for this success. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I owe them, and Volvo, owe them a lot of respect, uh, and they have been waiting. Right now, we have around 200 retailers in the middle of a major investment into facilities, even if I know that facilities will never sell more cars. But it is much easier if you have a nice suit, and I have my favorite tie today, because <laughs> I would like to, to feel that I, I, I have a good feeling when I get, go into this kind of interview. And that is the same with our investments around facility, facilities. And I think the steps we have done now, first of all, we have a great product portfolio, the youngest ever, the youngest in the industry, really. Our dealers, they invest. Their profitability is okay. I don't want to say it's great, but it's much better than two years ago and much better than one year ago. But we aim for 3%, and that is what we, we need to have in this industry to deliver what the consumers are asking for in service and so on. Mm -hmm. Based on the price point of our cars uh, and that we have very, very loyal customers, I would say I will go into the residual value discussion again. The cost of the cars are not important if you work in the lease segment or in subscription because it's really the, the depreciation and the, 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 the value of the car after three or five or six years. So I'm not so nervous about that. Customers that don't want to enjoy those subscription or whatever because we're going to have a lot of other offers, they are hopefully are going to appreciate all the things that we work with, the efficiency around our engines, uh, fuel consumptions will go down. The safety features will push down the insurance costs. So I really hope that the monthly cost, even for a customer like to buy the, the car, is going to be good. And I don't think that uh, the price changes, you know, we are, and back to that, we are Swedes again. We, we are not stupid. Uh, if you have fighted for, for, for love and tender from your customers for so many, many, many years, of course, will you find a solution for them too? Mm -hmm. uh, in that you've talked about being at 0.6% of the market, where do you want to go? Um, uh, you know, I've been uh, up is always great. I've been uh, responsible for Sweden five years, and in Sweden, at our home market, we have 20% market share. It's always greener on the other side. <laughs> uh, you can never pay bills with market shares. Nope. I know that. So I'd rather go for the, the profitability. Sure. Then I would say in this very competitive industry, you need to have a role in car park. Mm -hmm. So if we invest in people, we have just decided to invest in a university in Charleston to educate our sales consultants, mm -hmm. to attract technicians that can repair the cars with a better efficiency, and also that they can take care of the electrification strategy that we have decided that we should implement we need to behave in a different way. And that will be a huge investment. Mm -hmm. So uh, we need a growth, yes. But my responsibility and the guidance from my, my boss, it's very, very clear. I'm here because we should make money. Uh, that is my answer. That is the best answer. <laughs> I would say. Are you happy with the, the size and makeup of your model lineup now? With the S60 and V60, you've just turned over the entire lineup now. Um, so you have fresh product that all looks the same. It's got the same infotainment hardware and the same beautiful aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that you have the lineup you need, or are there segments that you're not playing in that you'd like to see Volvo in? 
it's always easier to sell the car you don't have. So, so <laughs> of course, it's always something I would like to, to have. I think my wife is asking for a cabriolet, and so that will not happen. Uh, so, no, I, I think we are very, very lucky right now. Now it's really uh, back to profitability again, because if you run a, a very profitable, not a very, but a profitable business, you can work with facelifts, you can work with refresh your, your, your portfolio a little bit more often and with a structure that support residuals and support the company. Uh, and with that, we will have a very, very kind of a small steps. So right now, maybe I miss one or two cars, but they are already done. So. Uh, you, we need to refresh the refrigerator in a, in a good way. So you're going to see new cars coming from Volvo in the future too. We are not finished with the turnaround of this company because it's not a turnaround anymore. So. No. Anders, uh, Volvo has taken a very gutsy stand when it comes to safety. The company has come out and publicly stated that from 2020 onwards, its goal is to have no one killed in a Volvo in a yeah. motor vehicle accident. Wow, that's uh, especially to say something like that in this country, which is so litigious. Yeah. What kind of safety technology should we be on the lookout for, for Volvo to be able to achieve this goal? Yeah, I learned a lot about the legal system. So, so yes, it is a vision. Uh, that's my first answer. Uh, there's a reason why I work for Volvo. That's, I would say, that's the reason why I'm so proud of this company. Uh, we don't take any shortcuts related to, to safety. We can discuss about all the sensors and all the technology that we need or companies that work with uh, autonomous drive or, or level five and, and so on. We need the systems. We need, you know, when we fall asleep or when we do things with the phone that we shouldn't do, because that's a big part of the accidents right now, we need to have technology that can support. So all the investments and the learnings that we get from our development contracts that we have signed with, with different suppliers or partners, really, that's the right word, in the world, is based on that we learn. And with that technology, we will reach that kind of a vision by far faster and more distinct and clear with very fact-based development of our safety features. Well, like I said, uh, Volvo has always been known for safety. It, it's been a, a core attribute of the brand for so long. And I greatly admire a company that comes out and says, after this date, you're going to be safe. So we'll have to uh, uh, keep an eye on what kind of technologies you put in those cars. Well, and it's also terrific to see a company stay that dedicated to any specific characteristic for this amount of time. I mean, as, as companies change ownership, as management changes, sometimes the focus shifts from, from one area to another over time. I mean, we're not talking about a five-year process. We're talking 25, 30, 40 years. So it's really, it's impressive, too, that Volvo has stayed, stayed very committed to safety. It's been overriding. And that's a great way to wrap up the show. Uh, Anders Gustafsson, thanks so much for coming on. Really thank appreciate you your discussion you with you. Volvo. And Stephanie and Chris, thank you guys, too. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Underwriting for the production of AutoLine this week has been provided by Borg Warner. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. 
We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles.